countless stories that have been told throughout the countless years of the cyberpunk timeline. But those stories have always seemed to focus themselves within the United States, Japan and the megacorps that inhabit all of the land. Some would believe these were the only countries and places to be affected by this dark future. But that would be very wrong, as all over the world many other countries were having their own issues, with some evolving in terms of technology and culture, and others regressing back to a more primitive age, losing a lot of what made them once a big player on the world stage. For the UK, for example, life was not harmonious at all, as the people would rebel and fight up against their rulers and the corporations who were taking over the land, completely revolutionising the country, turning it from being the land of hope and glory into a land filled with anarchy. The once green meadows dotted over the landscape had now turned into industrialised areas, cities were too dangerous to live in due to toxic fumes and countless gangs looking to profit from them, and the ones at the head of the government would be looking at any excuse to force their people into doing what they wanted. So what happened within the UK? What changes were made over the years? How has that shaped their whole landscape and where are they now? Well in today's episode we will be looking at old blighty within the cyberpunk universe, exploring its new government system, how it changed and where it is now in the year of 2077. And before we begin, if you like this video, please do give it a like and subscribe if you haven't already, as it helps this channel out and gets the video out there to more people. Also, shout out to Mrs. Wisefish, who wrote this script for me, as she really wanted to learn more about this universe and what better place to start than the dark future of our own country. But for now, this is the story of anarchy and rebellion. This is the story of the United Kingdom within the cyberpunk universe. After the Second World War, the UK had done reasonably well, particularly in international trade, giving the rest of the world not just technology and industry, but also prospering from art and culture. By 1992, the UK had joined the newly established European Economic Community, or EEC, and led to the adoption of the Euro dollar in Britain. However, soon after, the economies of the EEC member nations was turbulent, particularly in the UK, leading to a growing discontent amongst the citizens as they believed that the UK was becoming over-industrialised, leading to dangerous levels of pollution, particularly in cities. Riots and uprisings ensued but most rejected industrialization altogether and people left cities in their thousands in order to become nomads or new age travellers in the countryside, preferring to look to the ancient pagan practices of the UK, where people were guided by nature gods and goddesses and there was reverence for the seasons, cycles of the moon and solstices. However, this mass exodus of people from the cities meant there was an ever-decreasing workforce to keep the necessary production to maintain a thriving economy. The cities formerly prosperous were now mostly abandoned and decaying and those who remained in them either formed gangs or were at the mercy of them. This caused chaos and disorder in the UK by the 1990s. Not only were the streets of the cities 
extremely dangerous, but having a largely nomadic society would bring other issues, particularly in terms of government representation. In the cyberpunk universe at this time, as it is in reality, the UK had a voting system that is based primarily around geographical representation. In the UK, we do not vote for our prime minister, but our member of parliament, who represents our local area. Each member of parliament represents a political party or is independent, but the political party with the most members of parliament would gain the right to ask our reigning monarch for permission to form a government, at which point one member of parliament, often pre-selected by the party, is announced as prime minister. Now it is worth noting that if someone is homeless in the UK, they can still vote as long as they declare an association with a certain area. But if someone is nomadic, that is not possible to prove, so there is unlikely to be representation for nomadic people in the UK Parliament. This does not have a significant impact if nomadic communities are small, but if they become a larger proportion of the population as they do in cyberpunk, the UK system of representation would completely fall apart. Without an effective government, there would be no way to sort the issue of the gangs in the cities and the economy with no workforce to support it. This could be the reason for the formation of the Martial Law Association, an anti-monarchist group. In 1999, the Martial Law Association, or MLA, declared a state of emergency and consequently were able to overthrow the entire government and monarchy and impose a military dictatorship on the UK. The royal family still had some support in this time, in particular from the Royal Marines, and at some point in the early 2000s, the new king, Charles III, alongside his weird brother, Prince Andrew, the Duke of York, with the backing of the Royal Marines, attempted to reclaim the UK by landing at Devonport. This invasion was a spectacular failure, most likely because Devonport is in a natural harbour and anyone attempting to land there would be quite easily seen coming from Mount Wise, no relation. Both King Charles III and sweaty Prince Andrew were killed at Devonport. Although there are some rumours that Andrew was seen again at Pizza Express in Woking, but that seems highly unlikely and dubious. Even though the royal family were unsuccessful with their attempts to reclaim the UK, the MLA were able to use this uprising as an excuse to implement Operation Cromwell, which was the systemic extermination of the entire royal family. Poetically named after the last man who overthrew a king in the UK, it was mostly successful. They even got Princess Anne. However, there were two members of the royal family who survived this purge, Princess Beatrice and Princess Eugenie, the daughters of the late sweaty Prince Andrew and his ex-wife Sarah Fergie Ferguson, who after the divorce in 1994 had moved with her daughters to Texas, sparing them from the rest of the royal family's annihilation. And for the time being, that is where they remained. Meanwhile, for the MLA, ruling the UK had not gone that smoothly. They had divided the country up into 16 zones, but had sparked riots and protests. Scotland were the first to have enough and had a growing appetite for nationalism. The Scottish began a state of undeclared war on the MLA government in 2013, and by 2016 were in open rebellion against the MLA. Other groups also wanted an end to MLA rule, including the Hilliard Corporation and Imperial Metropolitan Agriculture, who banded together to form the cartel, who were a covert pro-monarchy organisation. The cartel backed Princess Beatrice to return to the UK and help them overthrow the MLA and restore the old government and political system. In order to do this, the cartel 
cartel started provoking civil unrest across the UK and in 2017 successfully invaded Bristol using Imperial Metropolitan Agriculture. With a bit of momentum behind them, the cartel was able to garner support from its restoration movement from the citizens of the UK, with Princess Beatrice leading the protests against them. It was at this time she chose the regal name of Victoria II. It wasn't just the people calling for restoration, but also the corporations who agreed to back the monarchy's return in exchange for being allowed to conduct their business as they pleased, with little interference from the government. With all of this opposition to them now, the Council of the MLA which had been in charge of the UK for 18 years began to fall apart. The final two members of the council, Lord Hill and Lord Mackenzie, ended the MLA completely when they defected to the cartel and ended the state of emergency that was keeping the MLA in power. With the MLA gone, the previous government was restored with Lord Hill declared Prime Minister and Queen Victoria II crowned in Westminster Abbey. Lord Mackenzie became the Chief of Staff to the military services who, together with the corporations, imposed another temporary state of emergency in order to restructure the UK into districts based loosely on the ancient kingdoms from the early Middle Ages. These were the Lowland, the Highlands and the Islands of Scotland, Devon and Cornwall, Wessex, Sussex, Mercia, East Anglia, Middle Anglia, Northumbria, Lindsay and Deria, Lindisfarne and the Isle of Man and the Channel Islands for England, North Wales and South Wales for Wales and Northern Ireland stayed as just simply Northern Ireland. With the UK now reorganised, Lord Hill's new government set up the Democratic Government Committee, which was a collaboration between representatives of the pro-restoration corporations and members of the public with the aim of determining how the newly reformed government would be structured. They agreed that the UK should have a central government where its members were elected from the local governments which had formed across the country. The DGC then offered two alternatives as to how the members from the local governments could be elected to the central government. The first required a member of the local government to raise a deposit of £50,000 and have the backing of five professional public figures, such as doctors, solicitors or military officers. This would enable them to run in a first-past-the-post election. The other option the DGC proffered was that the members would be directly elected to the central government through proportional representation. However, the DGC took a long time to decide between the two, leading to speculation that the corporations were purposefully delaying a decision so that they and the military could retain more freedom from the government before it claimed that power back. Meanwhile, Victoria II had become a popular queen and Scotland ended their state of undeclared war with the rest of the UK. Nonetheless, the gap between rich and poor was still far too large and with the delayed decision making from the DGC, meaning that a government still did not have full control of the UK, committees started to take matters into their own hands. Sometimes this presented as a form of feudal communism, whereby a community would run themselves and look after each other. But the gangs that had taken over the cities in the 1990s were still running rife and causing chaos to the now underdeveloped urban areas. These gangs often formed alliances and had the backing of foreign cartels, including the Mafia, Yakuza and the Triads. The corporations also were not 
averse to backing certain gangs for their own benefits. With all of this chaos, it became impossible for the cities to recover. London, whilst still the capital, had to be separated into distinct sections and is only maintained by a strict military presence. And Manchester by the year of 2022 had had to be largely walled off where it had been abandoned, leaving only parts of it still safe to be inhabited. Whilst all of this was going on, the EEC, if you can remember them, had determined that the British Overseas Territory of Gibraltar would be the perfect place to construct the entrance of a tunnel linking Europe to North Africa for the multiple trade links. Thus, Gibraltar came effectively under the EEC's control, and the British soldiers that had been stationed there became part of the European Defence Commission as Gibraltar became an important centre of people and commerce and therefore needed protection. Gibraltar was therefore no longer a British overseas territory and was now run by the EEC. Although the EEC benefited from the tunnel as was the main point, this also ended as a dispute between the UK and Spain over who was the rightful owner of this area. And with the tunnel entering North Africa at Ceuta, this also prevented further dispute with Spain and Morocco over who owned that territory as well. The UK would have most likely followed the EEC's lead when the Fourth Corporate War broke out in 2021, and even though most of the war was fought within the US, the EEC was wary of what the implications globally would be. The first phase of the OTEC Sino War had spooked the EEC, but it was the Shadow War that really got the EEC to start preparations for the Corporate War to spread. The EEC wanted to remain neutral between the two big players of this Corporate War, Arasaka and Militech. So the member nations took the decision to mobilize their anti-terrorism forces and would quickly punish any military or paramilitary actions regardless of who had instigated it. The Fourth Corporate War ended officially in 2025, with the UK having suffered very little damage compared to other parts of Europe. With a stronger economy compared to their other neighbours, it became a focus for mass immigration from other European countries that had not been so lucky. The UK was simply not prepared for an increase in population as their technology had become extremely outdated following all of those years of civil disruption. And by 2045, the UK had become a dangerous and volatile place. Not much is known about the UK after this point until 2077, when the UK was considering having a referendum on rejoining the EEC, which means that at some point in the intervening years, the UK must have parted ways with the EEC, and it's unclear what impact that had. This breakup must have been linked to Gibraltar or their financial differences, but it is very unknown as to what the actual cause of them leaving in the first place was. Beyond this, by 2077 the UK was having to deal with extreme changes in climate. Four members of the royal family, presumably descendants of Victoria II, suffered severe burns caused by acid rain when they were on a fox hunt, and rising sea levels had led to the Thames River widening and submerging parts of London, with the heavily populated capital city gradually becoming uninhabitable. Londoners began leaving the cities and going to the countryside which was still dominated by the nomad tribes that had formed almost a century before. However, the nomads and the former city dwellers did not coexist peacefully and violent clashes once again erupted in the UK. What the future holds for the United Kingdom, no one knows yet, but it seems like it has come full circle and 
and is inhabited by proud nomads seeking to make Britain a brilliant country away from corporate control and under the rule of their monarchy. Maybe one day we will get to see how the landscape of the UK works with all of its unique areas. But for now, this has been the story of anarchy, rebellion and war. This has been the story of the United Kingdom within the cyberpunk universe.